Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 112, Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight is the cotton candy designer, Eric Slauson, designer of Monstrosity, Tattoo Stories, and Nerd Words. And I'm going to let him explain what we mean by that. That is not derogative. That's actually a compliment for him. Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Hey, check out some of our other fine members like Wheel Tapping. Do you like 18xx games? I've never played one, but I've got a show for you. Chris Whitpan and Tony Fryer discuss a different 18xx game every episode. They break down the gameplay, they get into some of the strategy, and they talk to some of the expert players. If you are curious about 18xx games or a longtime fan, you're going to find something cool in every show. Catch the fever of Wheel Tap and Punchboard Media where we all bring something to the table. Hey, hit us up on social media tonight, on Twitter, or on Facebook at Board Game Gumbo, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But let's get right to our special guest. It's Eric Slauson, man, the cotton candy designer. <laughs> What's up, Eric? Hey, hey, VJ, how are you? Hey, Eric, what do I mean by that? Give, give us the elevator pitch. Who is Eric Slauson, and what the heck is a cotton candy designer, man? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I am a, a card and board game designer. Mostly what I uh, specialize in um, is, is party and social games. Um, I recently did an interview where I was talking about how um, you know, I, I make games that are kind of like uh, cotton candy. They're like exciting. They're at, you know, you're at a fair. Um, you know, the, it's like you're never sad when you're eating cotton candy. You know, they don't serve cotton candy at funerals, even though they should. Um, and uh, exactly. so I try to make games that um, are, are light and, um, you know, are, are you have like a visceral reaction to. Um, but part of my point was that, you know, uh, cotton candy comes from these like inert pellets. If you've ever seen cotton candy mix, it's just like these weird pellets and you need to like stir them up in just the right way to make something light and fluffy. So um, part of what I do is look at things um, that might have a, um, a, a kind of a stodgy base um, and then try to figure out what is the fun, what's the cotton candy version of that. Um, how can I stir that up in order to make something a little bit sillier <laughs> even verla uh, help me out with the show isn't that isn't that a funny a fun description cotton candy two forms right inert when you're recharging and you're thinking about those next ideas and wham bam the fun of cotton candy who doesn't love cotton candy i love that eric <laughs> hey shout out to meeple overboard uh chris he had a fantastic interview and you did a great job with him also thank you that was a great show Hey, this is a live show. We got a lot of people checking in there. Uh, Patrick Newman, our favorite, uh, our favorite uh, diver over there, <laughs> checking it out. A Texan. You're not a Texan though, Eric. Where I'm not. Well, it's, well, somewhat similar uh, latitude or longitude or whichever the side. Are we can have to duke it out right here on Cumbo Live. <sighs> a little bit. I'm a, I'm a Georgia boy, and you know we've had our our run-ins with Louisiana, um, LSU, and <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. history. But it's okay. We're all we're all friends. So um, we are absolutely <laughs> some of my favorite memories are watching LSU Georgia Bull, uh, Bulldog games. Great, great rivalry between the two schools. So that is sure. cool. We have a mutual friend, Jay Bell. Hey, Jay. Jay Bell's checking in. Jay's got a game that we might be able to play on TTS sometime. Ooh. Yeah. Diving into the TTS rabbit yep. hole. 
and, and Jay loves his puns, and this game is full of puns. So <laughs> we also have uh, Mick Fitch. I don't know if do you if you know Mick and Starla Fitch from Our Family Plays. Oh game? yeah, I just yeah. um yeah, I just that got put on my radar, and I've been going through their videos and stuff, and um yeah, like great, just a lovely content. If you haven't got a chance to check out, um, you- check that channel out. Dion Mixon checking in. Hello, Dion. Dion, you got any questions for uh, for Eric tonight? We're going to be talking to him. And as always, Thomas, you're not the first to check in tonight, but Thomas is checking in. So nice to see Thomas. Uh, Verla's, uh, Verla's on assignment this week, but she's she's still in the green room checking out with us. But she has some food duties to do tonight. So our buddy Topher Graves is also checking in. So we've got, we got a lot of people. I want to see some good questions from the chat crew. Okay, not these kind of questions, Patrick Newman. No, no, we don't. Want to <laughs> we don't need the how about them dogs? No. Well, maybe just for tonight. Is that okay, Eric? Sure. Yeah, I'll take a temporary dogs fan any day. Eric, quick, quick pitch. What is your background in board gaming? It's, you're you're not new to the scene. You got a bunch of games out. And we're going to be talking about those later. But what's mm-hmm. your background? How'd you get so, into gaming? Yeah, so I, I started um, uh, in like 2015. Um, we started having a, a board game group, my friends and I, and my friend Brian and I were put in charge of buying games uh, for the group. And Brian did the responsible thing and like read articles on gateway games and stuff. Sure. He was bringing Pandemic and, you know, Settlers of Catan and that kind of stuff. And I just like looked up stuff on Amazon and just like let them tell me what to buy. So I ended up like falling down the weird side of the hobby and just immediately falling in love with stuff like um, uh, uh, chopsticks, mega dexterity challenge um, mm. and like happy salmon. <clears throat> and just like, I really connect coconuts. coconuts. Yeah. Oh, like, they're all crazy, man. A lot <laughs> of so- like, blue orange stuff, North star stuff. Like I just <clears throat> fell heavy into like weird experiences. Um, and then when I started designing uh, in like 2016, that's kind of, I started in the, in the party space um, trying to make, um, we were playing some like classic party games, you know, cards against humanity and some other things. And I had, you know, some issues uh, with like, Oh, you know, we're kind of being passive in this game. And I wanted to solve some of the problems I saw with these. Um, and so I tried to make more creative party games and that has kind of sent me off into this, uh, this niche that I'm, uh, kind of building for myself of, of building, uh, very highly interactive, um, creative experiences you know it can be a you talked about that rabbit hole that amazon has and now bgg decided to start doing it where they'll say if you're looking up a game that you like let's say you look up uh you know we're going to talk about cascadia tonight at the bottom all these got this thing where it's you're if you like this you might like that and the next thing i know i'm an hour away and i've got three games on <laughs> yeah gotta be careful with those things it's dangerous Speaking of that, I got I got something to ask you about. Let me let me hide this real quick and show this to you instead. Sure. You have this cool thing on social media that I've never seen before. I'm assuming is this something you kind of kind of yeah, came up with? I just came up with it. Yeah. What is squared off? What is this? So um, I was I rearranged like all my my Calax shelves. If you know sure. gamers love a Calax, it's like. The only thing the like one of the only words we all agree on is Calax is king, um, and. Uh, I realized that I had just organized them by shape. I just was like, you fit, you fit, you fit. And so when I started looking at them, I thought, okay, well, it'd be interesting if I ranked these 
it by a box. And so I had them square off because each one of them is a square. Okay. Um, and every day on social media, I kind of rank the games in each square. And since they're, they're completely different weights and genres, it really forces me to think about like why a game is in my collection or what do I like about it? Or um, how was the last time I played it? Um, it's gotten me to look at a lot of my shelf of shame uh, <laughs> and put some stuff on shelf my- Shelf of opportunity we say yeah, here on the Shelf of opportunity. Um, so isn't it a coincidence Topher was just posting, speaking of North Star, Evolution was the game that caught my interest. And it's one of the games on your first squared off. Yeah, that's so I think- tell the, tell the track who- chat crew where you ended up with them and i'm curious to see what the chat crew would do if this was their squared off with escape role player Catan, or evolution uh where do they fit on there i What'd think you if, I, if i'm not mistaken i think role player was my number one pick for day one um just because i the all the little systems i'm a big like rpg person DD. so um, i'm also that guy who spends like an hour on the character creation screen in a video game even though you like never see your character he's just in armor the whole time um i love the dice i love the draft i love the the kind of all the cards it's just great um i think i put evolution next um uh i believe uh, it might have been between evolution and Catan. um and then escape was last i love base game escape but something about this one didn't quite connect with me as much and i need to play it again um but yeah role player was was my my favorite here Mick says role player for the win. I am not letting Mick do this. He's <laughs> he not. No, Mick, you have to commit to one of the four. I'm going to, I'm going to say out of my four, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go with Catan, I think. And, and my, my being for ranking them is that Catan was one of the first four or five games that kind of got me into the German style Euro games. Right. So I got to get rid of escape. I had to get rid of it. It just, it's just too <laughs> nerve wracking. Now the way it's we so it, intense. The way we played it is different. We actually downloaded the music. And we had it over the whole sound system in the house oh, yeah. at 10. I mean, as loud as you get it. And when those drums start beating and it gets really intense, I mean, everybody's just cheering and I'm, you know, fumbling around. So, yeah. Oh, so Marshall says role player evolution, Catan, and escape. That's kind of similar to what you had, I think, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was between evolution and Catan. I don't remember which one was second. I think Catan, I mentioned that. Um, like it's, it's, I like it as a, as a, a design exercise. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful design, like just a great game, obviously. Um, but the thing that I remember the most is like the robber and like rolling a die and being like, what's the robber going to do? And that's like people's least favorite part because it's like the randomness element. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like I like the part that is like, the least Euro-y part of the game. <laughs> All right, Jack, let's do one more. I want, I've got one more picture for you. Let's see what we got here. We got, uh, tell, tell me what your thought process was on this Calyx. Yeah, um, this, Ooh, this one. This is a tough one. Ooh. Oh, man. Did I give Pandemic the first one here or Treasure so, Hunter? All right, so it's Ticket to Ride, Nyctophobia, Treasure Hunter. Uh, oh, you know, I've never played Treasure Hunter, so I, I was thinking it was a different game. Pandemic. The problem with the Queen games is you, know, you look at that yellow. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same game. <laughs> uh, Treasure Hunter, Pandemic, and Cash and Guns. Ooh, that is a, that's a pretty tough choices here. What, yeah, what and they're all so different, and they give different experiences, which is why I thought this, the Square Off idea was really interesting. Um, and anybody's welcome to do it. Just you know, use the hashtag Square Off and 
do your Kellogg's things. Um, I'm pandemic storage unit, so it makes it tough for me to do that. Oh, I'm just going to live vicariously. Pandemic, I think, was my top pick here, um, mostly for its uh, like impact in the hobby. I mean, I, I think it's a great game to teach. It's a great uh, introductory co-op. Um, it does have some issues with like quarterbacking and stuff, which I, I mentioned um, in my in my ranking. Um, but I've still had a lot of fun with it. I think it's tense. I think the way that you shuffle the city cards back in is really creative, um, and you can learn a lot from the game. Next was Treasure Hunter. Um, I remember going back and forth between the two of those. You should check out Treasure Hunter. I don't know how many players you have to play with regularly, but um, it's between two and twenty. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's it's cute and like um, uh, it looks cute and soft, but it's it's one of those games that's like very brutal if you want it to be or like you if you misplay because of the way the draft works. Um, but yeah, check that out. Very very fun. Um, Nyctophobia, actually, I haven't gotten to play yet. So yeah, I Kevin called you out here. He said, I see Nyctophobia still in shrink. I know, yeah. I just, I got it right before Pandemic, so it's like, not only is it a multiplayer game, and so I can't play it, but it also involves you, like, touching each other's hands and stuff. <laughs> so it's like the worst game to buy right before that happened. Um, but Ticket to Ride was next. My main point for Ticket to Ride is that it's great, um to play once or twice and i got the feel for it and i like the feel but i would much rather play a smaller version i love ticket to ride new york because okay. it plays in 20 25 minutes I like the and london one better than the new york one but uh they're both fun they're both same fun. concept yeah, yeah. Same and concept. it you get the same draft kind of you get the same race to finish routes but you're not going across the whole country um, I just felt Ticket to Ride is like a little longer than the excitement that it gave me. Um, yeah. And uh, a similar game, the Trekking the National Parks has like a similar feel. And I just connect with that theme a little bit more. So Charlie Bink. Yep. Charlie Bink. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go Ticket to Ride number one. It's still one of my top 10 all-time favorite games. I have the 10th anniversary edition, which is something I'll never get rid of. I, I absolutely, I'm, I still, I've been playing Ticket to Ride for 10 years and I'm still playing it. I still play <laughs> I played it last week with, uh, with, with the family. So I still love that. I haven't played Treasure Hunter, so it'll go to the bottom. Uh, Pandemic number two. I still love Pandemic and I want to finish season, uh, Legacy season one. Mm-hmm. Nyctophobia was a game I actually enjoyed playing, but I don't need to own. I think it's more of an experience. It's an experience, with yeah. The right people, and then if you play with the with the, the wrong group, I don't know if it would work as well. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a guy like Alex Goldsmith be the be the monster, and he came in with the voice and the scary noises, and it was really, <laughs> really too intense. So I said, like, "Okay, that's enough." But Nick Tafoya, very, very cool design, very just not something I think I need to own. And then I would go with the uh, cash and guns after that. Although if this were my sons, cash and guns would be number one with a bullet. Oh, like number one with a bullet because they absolutely love cash and guns. It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's a lot of fun. For my money, if I'm going to play a game like that, uh, where you're accusing and backstabbing, doing stuff, I'd rather play Deception Murder in Hong Kong. It's not the same game, but. Sure. You know, cash and guns is a lot of pointing and yelling, and you, you know, got the foam guns. It's, it is, it's all it about is. those guns. Doesn't bother me at all, but uh, they like it a lot more than me. And that is Square Off hashtag Square Off on Twitter. And you'd like to see more of these, right? Yeah, I'd love to and, see people. And you'll comment. Or Calax. Sorry. 
I will comment. Yeah, yeah, I'll search the hashtag and see what people say. And people, people have been. Um, what I like is people comment like, "Oh, I completely disagree," or "I disagree," or I, "You know, I would do, I would do it this way." Um, yeah. So <laughs> Kevin says nyctophobia is just behind. Watch your mouth in my top <laughs> Yeah, let's nyctophobia probably not a good idea right now. Right now, but check it out. That's Catherine Stipple, if I remember right. Who designed that sounds it? Right. Yeah, I'd like to see what. I mean, that that's really, really intriguing for a first-time design. I'd like to see what she's got coming out. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Well, uh, you're getting a lot of comments, so hey, hey, check check out the uh, check out his hashtag squared off and post yours so that we can see what Eric has to say on those. Sure, I have. I didn't get to do it yesterday, or we'll see if I squeeze one in tonight. But I have finished all of my squares in my Calyx, and now I have like those baskets that are just full of mini games. I have like 50 button shies in there and like all kinds of stuff. So I have to figure out some way to rank those because I can't rank an entire basket of games in one. That makes sense. Yeah. So BJ from more game gumbo. I've got my guests here, Eric Slauson, designer of a bunch of games we're going to be talking about. But one of the games we'd like to talk about tonight is a spicy hot game that I got to play with Jay Bell, your buddy Jay, uh, called Cascadia, designed by Randy Flynn and Flat Out Games. Is it a game you've heard of? I have not. Okay. Tile laying games, one of my favorite genres. So already, you know, games like Calico and Cascadia are mm-hmm. going to be right on, you know, right on my radar. I just, I just love them. I never get tired of tile laying games. I never seem to get tired of deck builders, and I never seem to get tired of of tile laying games. That's fair. Cascadia is a really cool game. It's, it's got a theme that it's there. It's these animals, and you're trying to build out these animal preserves using tiles. If you've played Tiny Towns. Are you, have you heard of Tiny Towns from mm-hmm. AG? All right. Take Tiny Towns and make it even a little bit more streamlined and a little bit easier to understand the scoring. And in my mind, a little bit more beautiful. I really love the the nature scenes and all the art work that you have, all these cool little uh, medallions that you the tokens that you can be playing. The game is super simple, barely an inconvenience. It's four, <laughs> four cards and four little animal uh, tokens on the side. Your job Pick one of those combinations, the tile and the animal, whichever one you're going to pick out of those four, and move them into your into your uh, set of tiles. You're trying to connect up those tiles. So, for instance, if you're the salmon, you're trying to get the tiles in a nice – you're trying to get all these little water tiles in a row and put all the salmon on there so they can make a nice run. The longer run you have, the more points you score. So each one of the animals actually is kind of thematic. The, the, the fox – wants to be with all the other animals. He wants lots of animals around him. You know, the bear is going to want to be in, in nice big groups of one, two, and three, but nothing more than that. So each one of the animals has a different uh, way of scoring. Each one is, is trying to grab those, and we're all it's, – it's a Euro from the standpoint that it's passive-aggressive player interaction. Sure. It's not anything directly – you're just watching what other players are doing and making sure that what you're doing is different from what other people are doing and picking the right things. But it's got a cool twist, Eric. This is what I like about Cascadia. When you pick the tiles, some of them, as you notice, have multiple landscapes on them. And the bigger the landscape, hey, the more points you could score if you, if you have the most of that landscape. But some of you'll notice have only one landscape on them. Why would I ever pick that? That gives me less chances to spread out. Because if you can put a matching animal on that tile, you get these cool little natural tokens. I can't remember the name of them, but that's the little green things that you see up in the corner. Yeah. 
What that gives you is the chance to break the market. Instead of buying the tile with the animal next to it, pick any tile you want and any animal you want. Mm. Really important. Or flush the market. If you don't like what you see in the market, flush it and get something hopefully good. So it helps you mitigate the luck a little bit in, in the game. And I always like that. I, I don't mind luck in a game at all. Correct. I just yeah. like the ability to mitigate the luck. If a designer will give that to me. Mm -hmm. That's Cascadia. It's coming out pretty soon from Randy Flynn. Some friends of our, our good buddy, Game Geek Ninja, Jeremy, has been talking up about it. We got a chance to play it, me and uh, Jay. I think Jay, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through the comments, and, and Jay says, yeah, Ty yeah, Jay, we know tiles are your weakness. <laughs> but he says he loves the alternative scoring goals. Just like Tiny Towns, the cards that come out in any game are going to be different every time because there's two or three different bear cards, two or three different salmon cards, two or three different moose cards, you know? So I love that variability. You got to think about how these five animals are going to work together in this game. Yeah. You can't yeah. memorize it for the next time. What's your, what's your thoughts? You're a professional designer. What do you, what do you think? about that? <laughs> Well, this has a lot of stuff that I like. I mean, I love tile laying stuff too. I love city builders. Um, something small like um, Circle the Wagons or something like King Domino or whatever. Like I love all that stuff. Um, I also like the the variability in, in games with, with scoring. Um, I love Point Salad um, for that reason because every game is different because you're like, oh, no, this time I need a lot of cabbages or whatever. Um, uh, you know, the theme, I like that they, you know, did some stuff with how the animals actually are in real life. Um, uh, and you know, what, you know, it looks like the game has some pretty nice, uh, some pretty nice art on there. Um, is TTS, of course, as you can tell, you probably recognize those bags. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, look at that. Yeah, art, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. And you know, especially for like an abstract, you don't necessarily have to do that. Um, but it looks like they took some extra steps to add some theme to that, some theming, which I always appreciate for something that is, um, you know, uh, more Euro-y. But, um, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for this. That's Cascadia from designer Randy Flynn and the team at Flat Out. You'll, you'll recognize them from, from uh, Calico. Uh, should be coming out on Kickstarter, so check that out. Hey, Eric, a couple of questions. Steve wanted to make sure – Give out that hashtag for squared off again. Because is, is it square off or squared off? I think it's with a D. Square, no D. Square oh, no off. D. Yeah. Hashtag square off. Hashtag square off. All right. We want to see some hashtags. Hopefully we can see those. Yeah. BJ from Morgan Gumble. I've got my guest here, Eric Slauson, game designer and a bringer of unusual party games. And that's why I was so glad he was on the show because – this is a crazy looking game. Break yes. dancing meeples. Just the name makes me happy, Eric. <laughs> Give us the elevator pitch. What is break dancing meeple all about? It is exactly what it sounds like. It is. You are. Uh, it's these meeples and they're break dancing. So essentially, it is a um, a pattern matching game where you roll meeples um, and they land in certain positions. So they might be standing on their head. They might be laying on their side. They might be standing up. You actually roll the meeples, right? Yeah. Like dice. Yeah. Like in escape, you're rolling over and over and over again. And you um, put a meeple once it, it hits the certain position it's supposed to be on one of these cards. Once it's on the card, you can't remove it until you've done the whole routine. So there's that like, Ooh, do I split them up or do I go for the same card? While you're doing this, you're playing with the, there's a free app and uh, each round is 60 seconds. 
whole game takes five minutes to play. They have all these hip hop beats um, uh, during the 60 second countdown on the, on the thematic music going yeah. there. Yeah. So you got some hip hop, like break dancing beats. There's like an announcer who, you know, is like, it's 60 seconds left or 30 seconds or whatever. So it adds that like stress in there. Um, but yeah, it's just roll, roll, roll. Try to get your combinations, try to make split second decisions about whether you should roll or re roll um, stuff. But yeah, it's, it's just, Mick says, what in the 80s mess is this? That's right. It's, no, I, I mean, I, I looked at some pictures and some and uh, and everything. This is from designer Ben Moy. Ben Moy, And yeah. uh, publisher Atlas Games. Not a name I'm familiar with. Um, Sanu Company? Or did I just miss out on some of their I think stuff? They've, they've made some other things. Um, I think I have something else that they... This is this is Stefan from uh, Yellow Games. Act, the president of Yellow Games actually just having a blast trying to match up his <laughs> people to some of the cards. I mean, I, what what a game here! Uh, it's it's great. Not um, something, something we're going to play every night, but if it's small enough, I'd love to throw it in my backpack at a convention. And you're trying to do, you know, what I'm talking about? Those icebreaker games, Eric. Yes. Where you don't know everybody at the table, like two people know them and you know these three and two people here and everybody wants to get to know each other. You throw a game like this out and everybody just has fun because not only you have fun playing it, but it looks like the kind of game you'd have fun watching other people to play. Yep. And you could even, you can use your own music. It's just 60 seconds. So cut up hip hop songs or rap songs or whatever you want and make your own 60 second timers. I made my own uh, background music for escape. Cause I'm like a big super fan of it. So um, yeah, I'm probably going to make some custom uh, break dancing meeple soundtracks here. Well, I'm with. curious what music do you use for, uh, for escape? Um, so I do like India Jones soundtrack. The uncharted soundtrack is really good. Tomb Raider game soundtracks are mm -hmm. super good. Um, uh, Jumanji Jumanji is a good soundtrack to use. Um, yeah, so just a lot of adventure game soundtracks uh, split together. Atlas like uh, made Gloom. Oh, okay. Um, and Once Upon a Time. That's what oh, I know. That's what okay. I know them from. So I'm just I'm just not remembering that part. Then yeah, I've seen I've seen uh, well, I've played one of those games. Uh, not Gloom is the one with the with the clear cards. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played the other one, but I, I know the other game uh, that you are talking about. So that's. Breakdancing Meeples from Atlas Games Check and, it out. and designer Ben Moy. That is one I've <laughs> I gotta admit, you've got me intrigued. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah. And I like what uh, I like. I think this is a good comment here from uh, Marshall. It reminds me of Meeple Circus, but even more frenetic. Yeah. And that says a lot because Meeple Circus can get frenetic there whenever, <laughs> whenever the music starts playing, you know? Mm -hmm. How did you find this game? Um, I know Ben really well. Um, ben and I are kind of coming up at the same time um, in the in the design community. Um, and so I've seen this when he first came up with the idea of what if you rolled meeples, you know, I don't remember how, how long ago it was, but um, so I was really excited to see when it got signed. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I got it, you know, I was going to get it regardless because it's, it's Ben's game and I want to support it, but it ended up being awesome. So, <laughs> you know, is, is it, it out? Yeah, it just came out last week, I think, like, or they started shipping them last week, um, I think, but it's definitely oh, out. I want to check this out. Yeah. BJ from Board Game Gumbo, I've got my guests here, Eric Slost, and we're talking spicy hot games that both of us have played. And one of the games, this is not a new game, so we're, we're reeling in the years here. I wanted to, and hopefully you've played this because mm. uh, I wanted to talk to you about it. And it's a game called 
Potion Explosion. Why am I bringing up Potion Explosion? Here's two reasons, Eric. And what everybody knows about this game, it's it's the balls that are coming out of the dispenser, and you're trying to pick the right ones, so that it creates a reaction anytime two colored balls hit, and they're going to match up to two potions that you're working on. As you fulfill those potions, sure, you're scoring points, <clears throat> but even more fun, you're getting those special powers, which allows you to do the thing everyone wants to do in Potion Explosion, get all of the balls from one row, and then you declare yourself the winner of that round. And that's Potion Explosion, but come on, that's the number one, that's the one reason why I'm talking about it. The second reason is that my little gateway and filler games group that we, we play games two or three times a week, and especially on Friday nights, we're just addicted to this game. Yeah. It's on BGA. It's, it takes care of all the setup for you, and it's just so much fun. I mean, are you a Potion Explosion fan? I do. I really I like Potion Explosion a lot. Um, it's It's got great toy factor, table presence. I was always a big fan of like those um, – those like cascade games like uh when columns or yeah like uh, i mean like the old school ones like dr robotnik's mean bean machine and like uh co columns and tetris and all that sure. stuff yeah. um so yeah like something that uses that idea and these these combos and you know um it gives you that feel of thinking several moves ahead but you know with that those those chain reactions so um you know i it it the, you know the one of the big comparisons the same way people are like azul versus sagrada they have similar feels and audiences or whatever sure. like it's this one versus gizmos sure. i see a lot of people go back and forth i want to hear what, what do you think uh, it's it's tough um i think you, have Giz to you there can only be one eric <laughs> Uh, I think Gizmos has the really cool engine building aspect. Um, so if you want maybe a heavier thing where you're you're thinking about not only this system with like whatever the balls are coming out, um, but you're also thinking about your engine and, you know, trying to pick that up. Potion Explosion, I think, is more, uh, I wouldn't say frenetic, but there's more of that combo um, uh, feel. And it's uh, it's faster. I think there's less like AP than gizmos of because uh, there's less decision points um uh yeah so it <laughs> here's why i like potion explosion better yes if you track with me i love the long engine building games okay if i want to play one of those you know terraforming mars wingspan or anything like love those yeah this is one of those that i like and i, I call them the wind-up games where you just wind up a little tiny engine and you let it go and you get to see it actually do something. Yeah. And I love that. In Potion Explosion, if you want to be Jay, you got to get two potions every single <laughs> round. You're getting, if you're getting one potion around, you're going to lose this game. I'm telling you. So, But to do that, you really have to know how to wind up that engine and make it hum every single round. But as soon as you wind it up, it does something cool. And then you start the engine again. I like those games. I don't want them all to be slow, slow, slow build up. I love Imperial Settlers. But... You know, I don't want every game to be that same slow, slow, slow buildup, and then in the last round you run this long, long engine. Sure. And Gizmo has more of that feel to me than Potion Explosion. That's I right. think Potion Explosion has those quick, quick little engine buildups. So, <laughs> Verla, yes, very good point. I 100% agree that Gizmos uh, and Potion there can Explosion can be only one in this game. <laughs> Maybe put them in different squares in your in your <laughs> so they don't fight. But uh, yeah. Patrick says less AP. You probably you obviously haven't played with this with my wife. Okay, <laughs> some people do get AP. I tell people 
Just wait till the person to your right is taking their turn. Have fun. Don't eat Cheetos, but eat anything else. <laughs> you know, when the person to your right, though, is there, you need to start planning your turn. Sure. If you start focusing when the person on your left is, everything's going to change by the time it gets to you. So yeah. you want to help people out with that AP. Just tell them to focus on the person to their right. So the gateway group is pretty addicted to this game. <laughs> I've got some examples. There, every time we're on BGA, we see J-Bell playing potion, playing potion explosion every day. Uh Kelly and uh, Eric are constantly on the app version. There's now one you can play on your phone. Oh, that's and, dangerous. Uh, we saw Jimmy, uh, t- Jimmy, Jimmy Huynh talking about, hey, I play this on, on the phone all the time. So if in these COVID times, this is another reason I wanted to bring it out. This is one of those games that you can still play with friends online or you can play right there on your phone and knock it out. For a while, it was Splendor for me. I played nothing but Splendor on the phone You know, a couple of years ago. Got finally bored of it, but Potion Explosion, I could see myself playing on the phone and just trying to get, trying to somehow come within 80% of J Bell's score. <laughs> Topher says if Gizmos had multiple engines running, I'm down. That's one of the reasons I love one so much. Can you address that, Eric? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, so. In uh, I, I can't remember if it's four slots or five slots in Gizmos that you have, but essentially there's like five powers. Um, that you can build um, uh, one that like lets you draw more marbles, one that lets you save a certain number or something. Uh, and so not only are is each individual card that you put under that arena different, but you can like um, push for one specialize in drawing a bunch of marbles or specialize in saving your points or whatever. Um, so yeah, there's multiple columns to worry about and each card is like a different power in that column but there is that capacity for like um even early on earlier on for like multiple things like oh every time i draw a blue i get to draw another red and every time i draw red i get two greens and if i get two of a marble then i get to draw an extra thing you know like it's it has that that, now um, i've got friends like sagan who just run that engine until there's just (laughs) and of course they don't even need all of those things they have all these extras that they can't even use by the end of the round yeah it is fun to watch people wind up that thing and that is that's that comparison, but that's Potion Explosion from Command Games. It's really from Horrible Games, one of my one of my I think an underrated game company. They made Steam Park. If you like Steam, mm-hmm. if you like Escape, play Steam Park Ooh. because Steam Park is a better version of Escape. It's the frenetic dice rolling, but you're building a theme park out of it. What? Yes. Uh, I write this down. It, it, so it it compacts that that crazy that that wild frenetic dice rolling into just a little minute thing. It's not sure. as long as but but instead of being chased by monsters through a temple, you're actually building a nice little theme park. Check I'm, out Steam. Park. I'm into that. Marvel games. Same designer, if I remember right, as Potion Explosions. Plo- uh, Potion Explosions. BJ Morgan Gumbo. I've got my guest here, Eric Slauson, designer, and we're talking some of the spicy hot games that we played, including a game that I frankly don't know anything about uh, until until I saw it when uh, when you when you posted about it. I'm not even sure how to say it. So, Eric, I'm going to let you pronounce the name. <laughs> this is the Relics of Rajavahara. Relics of Rajavahara. Really cool. When, when I dove into the Kickstarter page, 
I got super excited. Chat crew, wait till you see the pictures. But I want Eric to give the elevator pitch. Yeah. So if you're a bit, I love adventure games. Like I said, I love Uncharted. I love um, Tomb Raider going way back. Um, and in all those games, there's always parts where it's like you have to push this crate to get up on this sledge and get this thing. Exactly. And that's what this game distills. It's a spatial puzzle game um, where you have crates and boulders and fire and ice, and they all interact with each other um, in different ways. And they're, they each have their own rules. So um, uh, crates you can only push, but you can't pull. So you have to make sure that you know you orient them in certain ways. You can like hop up on uh like one level up like if you're playing the climbers or something like that um and so for example in this picture over on the right you've got uh the gym is at the top of this three-tiered boulder so you have to figure out some way to move these things around so that there's a two tier like so you have to make steps somehow by moving these these uh these crates around you can't move boulders it's a very satisfying experience um, I've been playing it on tabletop simulator, testing out some of the levels for Joe, uh, Joe Slack, the, the designer. Um, and there are some hard, <laughs> some hard levels, um, but, uh, they're very, uh, exciting. Also, if you like something like portal or, um, limbo or any of those like spatial kind of visual puzzle games, um, it's, it's a fun time and you get to pick up these little cubes and push them around and, and move them and stuff. So, um, that's definitely got that feel. This game, it blew my mind. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about it. And I went to the Kickstarter page, and this is as close to a video game being translated into a board game that, that I've seen in a long time. I, I'm I'm impressed with this thing. I don't know if we can pull it off. I'm because I'm just watching Kickstarter videos and and little things. But this this <clears throat> this thing is really impressive. Um, yeah. And you've got to actually play it, or you're just playing it on the on the. You know, I haven't gotten the... to play with the little pieces, um, and 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 move it around physically. Um, and that's one of the the best things I could say about it is if you've played a game on Tabletop Simulator, you know it is not super smooth, and there's like an annoyances and stuff. So in order to play this game, I'm constantly having to rotate the camera and and change the angle to make sure I have the the levels right. And so I cannot and but I still love it. I'm like you know trying to figure out these puzzles that he's sending me. So like playing it physically, where actually I can you know quickly build the the levels and move them around and stuff. Um, I'm really excited um, to play with these little boxes and my little adventurer uh tomb raider meeple relics of rajavahara designer joe slack with art art from tristam rossum it's by crazy like a box games and verla has the a link to it right there on kickstarter i I don't i don't know these people or have any link to them or anything it just looks like a cool project and i want to highlight a game like this where it's doing something different that i haven't seen other people do this is is super interesting it's very neat yeah thank you for bringing it out to us because uh I, I've never played Portal, so I'm assuming Jay's uh, question is, oh, man, Portal like PlayStation's Portal. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Just that I need this to be here and I need this to be here. So in order to do that, first I do this. That kind of like reverse engineering a solution that you do in Portal, um, it has that same that same feel. BJ from Board Game Gumbo, I have got my guest here, Eric Slauson, and we're talking Spicy Hot Games. Steve's ready to join us if I can get Steve in there. Let me see if I can figure out how to do that, Steve. And we want to talk about some of the games, uh, Eric. You're a game designer, mm-hmm. and we want to talk about some of the games that you've designed. Sure. Eric, which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, let's talk about uh, Nerd Words first. Oh, I love it. Nerd Words 
the science version. We got to make sure we, yes. we make sure we have that in there. Nerd World Nerd Science. science. Where, did this, where did this game come from? So um, I met uh, John Covey, who is the CEO of Genius Games, uh, which if you're not familiar with Genius Games, they make science games. Um, uh, uh, also recently um, acquired Artana, so they do history and math stuff as well. Sure. Um, and they're really famous for making games that are fun uh, <laughs> first, but actually you learn stuff while you're playing them. So I knew John for a while and he came to me and was like, hey, there's no party games that use science. So can you make one? <laughs> and I was like, uh, sure, let me try. Sure. Um, and uh, I came to him with this idea and he just like instantly fell in love with it. He took it to a play test that night and people were like, what? And, you know, um, we just were like off to the races and uh, co-designed it, developed it together. Um, um, so uh, essentially the way it works is it's a team guessing game. One person knows a secret word. Um, they're all real life science terms. The definitions are on there, but they're mostly things you would have learned in middle school or high school. Um, and uh, you have to give clues to in middle school. <laughs> sure. You should remember. Uh, but, uh, uh, you give You've got clues. a twist on this, Eric and, and Steve catch this twist. You've seen games like this before where someone's got a word and, and, and someone else has, and the group has to guess it. But mm -hmm. Eric's got a twist to this. The clues that you have to use, Eric, are what? So you, you have to give clues that give information about the word, but they also have to start with letters that are in the word. Uh, so the example I give is osmosis. You know, you have an O, an S, an M, an I um, in order to Keep give going. your clues so <laughs> there's two s's so you can say like membrane or you could say you know in between because it you know semi-permeable membranes and all that stuff um you lost me i'm out right, semi-permeable is, is an example yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah so a volcano is another good example i give you could say ash or cone or outside or lava, lava. and so the more words you're giving the more information they have but also the more letters they have so it gives you that crossword puzzle clue kind of too if you played a crossword puzzle and you're like oh i, I know it has an l and a t and an s in it so um yeah That's so a it's cool. a that is a really cool twist you're not you're not only reinforcing the words which most designers would do and then stop there but you made a way of i'm also going to give the group fun in thinking about the clues themselves why is eric using you know, uh, Vulcan. Why is Eric using lava? He's using those words for a reason. Are you mm -hmm. limited to using those words? You have to use words that start with it, or is that incorrect? Yes, okay. so you have to use words that start with the letters in the in the clue word, and then that have to have something to do with it. So you couldn't say llama for a volcano or anything like that. It has to be some some. You could say luau because that's Hawaii, and they have. Oh. Volcanoes and why? So there's that creative element to it too, like trying to figure out clues that might work. Um, there's three terms on every card, and usually there's like a couple easy ones and like a medium one or a more esoteric one. So um, uh, Tantrum House did a playthrough with their kids, and their kids did you know just fine with it, and you know so did the adults. And um, we have there's like expansions for this one with like. Uh, um, microbiology and like uh, medical science and all kinds of stuff. And um, eventually we'd like to do other versions, history and pop culture and all kinds of other stuff. But this is um, the first one, Nerd Wars Science. Two to 12 players, 10, 10 and up is what it says on BGG. That's pretty, that's pretty accurate. BGG, yeah. Right. Yeah. You can play with, with giant groups of people um, as long as there's <coughs> just one clue giver. Um, 
There's also a wagering aspect. If you see that little blue circle, um, it goes zero to four. And so when you make every guess, you can add on a wager. So um, if I'm, you know, the first person says uh, stegosaurus or whatever, I could say, oh, dinosaur, because that's got an S in it. And stegosaurus is a dinosaur. Let's wager four points. And either you are right or it might have been fossil um, or something like that, because fossil also has an S in it. So you, there's that pressure of do we wager or do we wait um and the other team gets to guess as well so you're like racing with the other team so education but fun out from genius games and you can get it right now right Eric? yeah it's on amazon it's on genius games website um and and available at its stores as well pj morgan gummo i've got my guest here eric slauson game designer we're talking some of the spicy games he's created steve check this one out you got any questions about tattoo stories Let's hear what he's got to say first, because I know the questions are going to come. <laughs> well, Eric, you've got some explaining to do on this one. Sure, yeah. So Tattoo Stories um, was my uh, my first like uh, big release. It came out uh, like a month or so after uh, Nerdboard Science. Um, this is a party game where you're working in a tattoo parlor, and customers come in, and they know what they like, but they don't know what they want their tattoo to look like. So okay. basically, every round, there's a customer. They uh, draw 10 cards from a deck of just random elements, um, you know, uh, chains or fire or pirate stuff or magnets or whatever. Um, and so they draw 10, pick five and say, go. And you have three minutes to design a tattoo um, uh, on your dry erase board that incorporates all five of those elements into one cohesive design. And then you pitch it to the customer. Um the there's a couple twists to this as a drawing game one you're awarded points based on your pitch the concept behind your idea so you can win with stick figures and just writing funny captions or whatever um so there's like a uh, if you're really great at drawing you can let it you know let it go you don't have to you know handicap yourself um just for everybody else's benefit um because you still have to do a good pitch so that's one thing the other thing is that those five cards are given out as individual points um for who used that element the best so who had the most creative idea for how to oh. incorporate chains who had the most creative ice cream who had the most creative um mexican food or whatever um so uh they're really interactive um, during the drawing time. Uh, if you've ever been to a tattoo parlor, usually there's like some banter going on um, between the artist and the, the person getting tattooed. You want to keep their mind off the pain. So during the drawing time, you're encouraged to like improvise with the, the customer and ask them questions. So if there's a card that says cake, you're like, okay, well, what's your favorite kind of cake? Um, or if you, it's like 80s TV show, it's like, okay, well, give me something. Which one? There's like a bunch. So there's like this improv game you play as the customer. So really, really fun time. Works great over Zoom um, uh, with only one person having the game. Um, uh, plays up to uh, seven people with the stuff in the box, um, uh, three to seven. Uh, with four to six, we found being the ideal. But um, you could definitely play with more than seven also if people have iPads or paper or whatever. Um, yeah, but that's Tattoo Stories. Seeing a comment from uh, Dion in the uh, chat saying that uh, getting Tattoo Stories and his game Design Eye together, uh, they would be amazing friends. Yes. Uh, there's, there's some similarity there where there's drawing, but it's not just drawing because you don't want the best artist to go off to the races there needs to be some other reward for other creativity in it. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Steve, did you see Marshall's comment? I did, yeah. 
And I was wondering if there is that snake oil uh, or apples to apples, but now with ink. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I love snake oil. I love, but wait, there's more. Um, and, yeah. you know, those are definitely influences. Things like Once Upon a Time as well, that storytelling um, storytelling aspect. Um, but I wanted to, one of my main goals and one of the things I always say is that it was a game uh, for everybody on the art spectrum. Like if you're terrible at drawing, you still have the pitch that you can do. Yes. And when you throw it around to people, like, and people laugh, like it's, it's not at you. You're not making your team lose like in, in Pictionary or something like that. And if you're an amazing artist, you can really create this work of art in three minutes and you flip it around. And it's like this mini exhibition. Everybody's like, Whoa. And you get to like showcase this talent um, and people, I, it's one of my favorite games to demo at conventions because people don't know the creative power that they have and nice. people come up to the booth and they're like, oh, I'm going to suck at this I'm going to be really bad. <laughs> and three minutes later, they turn their tattoo around and, and four or five people immediately start laughing and they're like, oh my gosh, that was such a good idea. And how did you think of that? And everybody praises everybody else um, and laughs at each other's jokes and creativity. And um, uh, most people walk away with a copy or at least like a smile, um, and which is one of my main goals was getting people comfortable creating sharing something they've made, which it's is always been a safe hard. way where people aren't going to get embarrassed. And that's one of the things it sounds yeah. like what's attracting me to this, Steve, is that I'm not an artist. One of the reasons I like draw your own conclusions by Jay Cormier is that I don't have to be an artist. He tells me just draw triangles and I yeah. can draw a triangle <laughs> or just draw a circle. This one is not like that, but I like the fact that it's more about the marriage of the art and the creativity. Cause man, I've played some drawing games and, the person that's the best artist, you know, none of us are even really playing. We're all just yeah. watching what, that, what what she or he does. And that doesn't sound like in this one. If I'm a creative person, I've got just as good a chance to win. Yep. This yep. is from Bicycle. They're breaking into the new, the, the hobby industry here. Yeah. So mine was one of the first three games that they released as a, as a board game company, which is like very cool to be a part of this 130 year old company. They've got Will Wheaton as a spokesperson. I know, which is amazing. That's very cool. Um, so I'm, I'm curious if he's played tattoo stories and what his thoughts are. I'm assuming he has as the, uh, <laughs> as the, the brand ambassador, but uh, Alpha yeah. liked uh, the, the shuffle, the, I forget the name of it. The shuffle grand prix. Shuffle grand prix. Yeah. Not, not it's so more much. of a game. It's more yeah. of yeah, it's a, a card game. Than I'm not a, like tattoo I'm, not, stories, I'm not a take that kind of person. So that that one was kind of you know, bah. Let me hit you with that. But mm-hmm. the, the apple was pretty cool. It was wasn't bad. Bicycle needs to promote this. That if you end up coming up with a great idea for a tattoo, and get it as mm-hmm. a tattoo, it's the game. Yeah, for free. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be your own drawing because say your drawing is not so great, but you got a great idea. Show a picture of your drawing. Show a picture of your tattoo. I've been told, okay. Steve, that if you play the game with him at a convention and you win and you beat him, he will put your your drawing as a tattoo on his body. Yeah. Is that true? Right? My, whole back, my whole back is just from Gen Con. Yeah. He can't, he, that's, that's why the, the conventions were canceled because Eric doesn't have any room to put any more. Yeah. So you can only do that for so long to run out of space. BJ Morgan Gamble, I've got my guest here, Eric Slauson. We're talking his games, his spicy games. Our last game to talk about tonight is a game called monstrosity like yes. monstrosity but drawing steve yes nice. they love these puns and i, I love puns. So, eric you're welcome on the show anytime you got puns <laughs> right. 
I like, love puns. Here's the elevator pitch. Steve and I do not know what monstrosity is. Sure. So monstrosity, very simple. Um, if you've ever watched CSI or anything like that, and they yeah. have a forensic sketch artist, what did the suspect look like? It's exactly that, but with aliens and demons and transdimensional <laughs> beings and all that kind of stuff. Steve, so, that's an elevator pitch. It's CSI <laughs> with an alien sketch artist. I mean, that's the game, right? That's it. That's it. So um, one person is a witness. They've seen a UFO land and an alien run out into the cornfield or whatever. Um, They draw a card and the cards are like sealed. They're secret. So if you imagine something like an escape room or something like that, um, you look at one card at a time. Uh, So every time you see a monster, it is the first time you've ever seen this monster. So you look Mm -hmm. at it. um, You a shocked look goes across your face. Um, You have 20 seconds to memorize it. You put it face down, and then you have two minutes to describe it from memory to everybody else at the table who's trying to draw your your creature from from memory. Everybody's yelling questions at you. How many legs did it have? What did its face look like? Um, And (laughs) game being played, man. Um, at the end of the two minutes, everybody reveals their wanted posters, basically, for these uh, these creatures. Um, and based on your memory, the witness says, oh, it was that one. That was the one that I saw. Um, and that person gets a point. Then uh, uh, you well, you do that secretly. So you write that, that secretly as the witness. Then you reveal what the creature actually looked like. And all of the artists say, oh, well, based on this, we think it's this one is actually closest. If those two match, then the witness gets a point for being a good witness. We caught the alien. Uh, 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 and uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very simple, quick game. Rounds take three minutes to play, two minutes or 20 seconds to memorize, two minutes to draw. Um, and it is just a great time. Um, it's hilarious what on both sides, one of my favorite things about it is it's two games. There's the game as the witness. How do you describe something that you're, you only saw for 20 seconds and is deteriorating in your memory as people are asking more and more questions. Um, And you have that pressure of like, Oh, I can get a point here if I pick the right one. But like, they all look similar. Which one is the one that I saw? And then as the artist, you're really trying to ask good questions um, and listen. Uh, so it's a game where you can't look at your board and and just like zero in. Um, you have to listen to everything people are saying. A lot of people talk with their hands as well. And so you have to be like looking up to see what the what the person's doing. And it is just a hilarious time. Um, works great on Zoom as well. Um, Steve, uh, I'm thinking of holiday time. I mean, yeah. I play with my nieces and nephews. This sounds the exact perfect game. We played uh, Draw Your Own Conclusions all during Thanksgiving. I want this game before Thanksgiving. Is it going to be out before Thanksgiving? Because I, I, I can leave September. I believe oh, it's wow. September it's coming out. So it's available for pre-order now. Um, if you Eric, check it you're out. taking all these party games that are familiar to us, but you're just adding all this whimsy to them. Where, where are these ideas coming from? Eric? That's, that's the cotton candy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I... I, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Um, so a, a lot of my ideas come from trying to get people to open up in some way. Cause that's a lot of what you do as a teacher, trying to get kids to try new things, try to get kids to be confident in themselves and, and do things. So I make these drawing games where it's a safe space to, to doodle and to create and to, to make art. And that's one of the things I tell people, like, even if your, your creature doesn't get picked, you drew a monster from scratch. Like, 
everybody draws a monster um, every round, uh, and you know everybody gets to look at this this monster that you drew. And as we were in, when we were kids, we all drew weird horses and and monsters in our notebooks and stuff. And at some point we're like, Oh, I'm not good at drawing. And so we just stop. Um, so anyway, I mean, I could go on forever about my, my whole philosophy, but yeah, I try to make these safe spaces to be creative, um, and to have experiences, um, these shared experiences where you get to, um, uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, Steve, because to, to me, you don't have to be a good artist, and I haven't played the game, but it sounds like, again, what you're looking for is those questions and, and the ability to take all that and put it into a picture. Not exactly, you know, the perfect picture of an alien. Is it just representing what, what's in the mind's eye? So Yeah, I can, that's, see and, I can see and feel the teacher in this because it's taking you back to when these subjects were first new, when they were uh, with nerd word science, with drawing and art. You're, you're bringing people back to a time when they – before they forgot that they were not, they were supposed to quit when they weren't so-called good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And your description, you're describing from bread and circuses. Is that right, bread and circuses? Um, bread and circuses um, and deep water games. And, oh, deep water games. Our friend Nolan Nasser. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah Nolan, getting, getting a lot of fan love already in the chat here. Your description of it is like a CSI Roswell or Men in Black kind of thing. Basically. It's right on target, and, <laughs> and everybody's loving on this. All right, so that's Monstrosity from Deepwater Games. Take a look at it from Eric Slauson, hopefully out in September. Eric, this is a board game show, and you know what that yep. means. I do know what this means. we got to play a board game. So let me send – Steve, if you don't mind, I'm going to send you back down into the lobby, and I'm going to get the game ready. All right, Steve, we'll see you in just a second. So oh, hear me. <clears throat> yeah, and Steve, Steve can still hear us, and we are going to play a board game. Steve, you want to give him the quick elevator pitch? What are we playing here? going to do uh, one that we've been doing a lot of lately, the Boudin Bowl, which in your case, Eric, you get the best job of all. You get to be the judge. Everyone gets to court you. Everyone gets to say, this is why mine should be good, and you get to make the final decision on each of these. Encourage Wait, Steve, them. Steve, before we go on, hey, there's somebody at your door there. Eric, you want to take care of that before we start the game? Look, somebody at your door right there real quick. <laughs> really? Well, somebody knocking on the door right there behind you. It looks like Oh, oh. oh my oh. God. Let's see what we got here. Hello. Do we have you, Charles? Charles, do we me? have you? Oh, no, we've got oh, no yeah, picture. There he is. There, he is. Wait, here we go. There we go. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Nice for you, Man. Eric. I've got Charles, <laughs> and I've also got <clears throat> Jimmy from Welcome. the Game Masters documentary. Oh, so cool. The director and the producer. And the reason is I called you so guys cool? in, say, so. say hello to Eric Lawson. <laughs> hello. hello, Eric. Hey, how's it going? Eric is a friend of... Charlie, Charlie Bink. Bink. Oh. Oh, well, amazing. We're very yeah, me and Charlie go way back. familiar with Charlie Bink, yeah. So, Eric, have you seen the documentary? I have. I just got a chance to watch it yesterday. And and what do you think about all of, all, of, all of Charlie's bits? Is this is this is this the Charlie that you know? <laughs> it is Charlie. I love all the the uh, his his uh, focus. We play on uh, with our Photoshop and trying to make things with his 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 eye level on the table. Um, he has this this new game, Trucking the World, coming out, and I got the opportunity to do some development on that game. Um, and it was so cool seeing just how his brain works and how seriously he takes everything from the top down you know like art and the and he, he talks in the game about um, making it so that grandma can play it um and so that was something that we kept coming back to like um so yeah he's he's great um 
yeah, so, and the documentary was great as well. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank well, you. Thank Charles you. is the director. Jimmy is the executive producer. Producer? Well, yes. actually, yes. Jim, uh, executive Jim, producer. And Jimmy will tell you he's the he's the he's the guy behind the whole idea. He really, right, <laughs> like Charles? We had a big debate uh, about that last yeah. week. Oh yeah. But I, oh yeah. I called you guys in because we're going to play the Boudin Bowl. Steve is in the audio part, and Steve's going to give us a quick rundown of the rules to make sure we're all on the same page. Sounds good. Well, BJ, Jimmy, and Charles have already been in on this. They've already made their choices. What's going to end up happening is they're going to sell each of four rounds to you. It'll be like a football game. You get to, Eric, pick who gets the touchdown, who gets the field goal, who gets zero, who gets the turnover for each of those rounds. We'll add up points at the end, and each round has a theme. I've given them a theme. I'll tell you what the theme is, and then each of them will take their turn pitching their game, trying to muscle the other ones out of points, and we'll see who gets it at the end. The only final rule you need to know, as is always the case, if there's a tie, BJ loses. <laughs> That's fair. That seems, yeah, that seems logical. Yeah. The well, other thing to think about is that, that yes. the, the other thing to think about is the chat crew has their favorites and they're going to be trying to cheer you on there. That's they're going right. to try to steal. So Jimmy and Charles better sell to that chat crew because they make all That's the difference. Every week. They can lobby. Okay. They can absolutely I'm lobby. I prepared well for this. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't know either. I think I think we were briefed a little light for this game. <laughs> we were the way the I teach spectrum. That's the way I teach a game. Leave that one important rule. And He's go, got to stack oh, the cards in his favor. Oh, by the way, did I tell you the green ones are worth more points? So, that's right. <laughs> Steve, tell Eric and Charles and Jimmy what's our first category. First category is I stand alone. This is the game that you love that others either don't like or don't know about. This could be one you want to evangelize about a little bit here. So the first category, I stand alone. And we'll start with BJ and then go to Charles and Jimmy. So BJ, kick it off. I, just like uh, Eric, I do a lot of game demos. Uh, you, you did your stuff for, uh, for, a, for, for Bicycle and other companies. I've done it for you know five or six different companies. One of the companies I do is Gray Fox Games. Bushido is one of my favorite games from, Bush from uh, Gray Fox Games. A lot of people don't even know about this game. It's the second best deck builder out there behind Baseball Highlights 2045, Jimmy. I don't, I don't know if you know that. It's when you're ranking those deck builders, you got to rank them in the right order. And Bushido <laughs> is the second best one out there. Bushido is a, is a game similar to Baseball Highlights, but it's got dice in it. So when you draw your cards and you're you're playing against the other person, it's very thematic. You're playing these, these schools of, um, of different martial arts. And the game goes very quickly, just like a, a martial arts uh, battle will be. It has weapons that you get included, but it, it's got dice. The dice, again, are mitigated by the cards you play. But imagine a quick-playing deck-building game that has a little bit of dice, and it has all of the ebb and flow of your favorite martial arts movie. It's, it's, it's all condensed in about a 15- to 20-minute game. That's Bushido. By the way, phenomenal art. I mean, the art is just knock your socks off when you see this thing. So... That's my entry. Okay. Okay. So I guess it's and me. I'm so yes. on that game. I want that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Charles is next. Yes. All right. All right. So my game is called Orongo. Uh, I don't know if we got a picture of it, but it's, uh, it's, it's an island game. It's about Easter Island, right? And you're erecting the Easter Island heads for this game. It's by Reiner Knizia, right? I, the, the short pitch is it's like Catan meets modern art. I Ooh. love this game. You know, resources get pulled at random instead of, every, you know, the person who pulled them just getting the resources. They go up for secret auction. Okay. Mm. So there's a finite amount of money in the game. 
you you put the money in your hand. Everybody goes like this, opens their hand. That's your bid. You get it or you don't. But if you need more money, then you just open up an empty hand. And so there's always a game, uh, uh, you know, risk versus reward. How much money is there? Is someone else going to do it? Because if someone else does it, then you split. You don't get as much money as you were planning on. Um, a little bluff thing. Great. Yeah, it comes with these great Easter Island uh, meeples. It is. It's also. It is a very like not very known game. I know that's the name of the game, but it's it's so not known that BJ said to me, I read a lot about a lot of games, and I know a lot about a lot of games. I've never heard of this game by a designer that we all know and love. Yeah. So if you don't get cool points for that. I'm objecting. He's using my words against me in my game. It's yeah. not true. <laughs> <laughs> I have an objection about your words. You shouldn't have said them, Counselor. That was you supposed to be private, Charles. That was private, yeah. a private conversation. It's all, it's all fair. It's all fair in this game, it right? I, I'll be honest. Never heard of but, it. I, and I thought I knew all of Reiner's game, uh, Reiner Knizzi's games, but I didn't know that is, one. This is a great game. I don't know why it wasn't more popular, um, but I, it, yeah, I love it. Solid entry from Charles, throwing elbows right from the beginning. I like it. Let's go to Jimmy and see what Jimmy says for his need-to-own game. Kenny yeah, Todd, I, uh, I've been wanting to get – um, Maracaibo for like what feels like a year now. Uh, it's been sold out a lot of different places. Uh, I actually finally ordered it the other day because it came in on Miniature Market. But it's uh, it's designed by Alexander Fister, who did Isle Sky. Uh, I actually know very little about it, but what I think intrigues me about it, it reminds me of uh, Puerto Rico, which is a huge uh, you know favorite of mine, uh, where you're kind of shipping goods. Uh, it takes place in the 17th century Caribbean. Uh, you play like seafarers, and uh, I read things like there's a story mode in it, which I don't understand how that works. Oh, interesting. You like lay tiles and you ship goods, and it just seems like Puerto Rico on crack to me. But I've never <laughs> played it, and I really want it. Maracaibo, Steve, yeah. you still there? I am here. Are you all hearing me now? Yeah, yes. yes, we can hear okay, you now. Good. So we've got Kingdom Builder from Charles, Maracaibo from Jimmy, and um, mm. Captain Fast Start. What's yours? Yeah, those are two tough, two tough, two tough choices. I'm gonna have to throw out something literary. I know that Eric Slauson is an English teacher. Eric, I know your middle school students have heard of Brandon Sanderson, right? It's possible. I possible. Let me, let me right. Google. So Brandon Sanderson wrote a series of YA novels that I just adore. The Reckoners. The Reckoners is all about what if superheroes weren't all superheroes? What if some of them were bad? What if they all got these crazy powers, but they were actually bad? What would we do if there were no superheroes and Superman and Batman were actually villains? That's what the game is all about. Humans trying to defeat superheroes gone rogue. It's a crazy, what do you call it, a cooperative game. Lots of dice rolling, lots of dice chucking, lots of tension, and you got to beat the big bad. And here's the kicker. The people from Nauvoo Games who make uh, Stockpile and make uh, Crosstalk. Crosstalk. Absolutely bananas with the production of this game. This game is just this – is, this, the box is about this big, and when you drop it on the table and you take out all the pieces and you show people – Oh, it's just people are just going to start salivating. It's a game I really I want. I should have backed on Kickstarter. I didn't, and now it's so hard to find because it's super expensive. And you can even get all the meeples painted. They've got them all pre-painted because I hate to paint. Oh, the Reckoners! I love the novel, and I really want to play the game. Hmm. That sounds right. cool. It does sound so, very cool, so Eric. There's your recap: Kingdom Builder, Maracaibo, and the Reckoners. <laughs> oh. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Okay. One uh, overtime. <laughs> Give me one sentence why you need this game in your collection. Oh. One, one, in one sentence, why do you need this game in your collection? Okay. First, so, Reckoners. Ooh. Reckoners. Ooh, put you on the spot. Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> okay. So, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Um, one sentence. Uh, it looks like Puerto Rico on crack. Cool. Yeah. And Charles. Charles. So, side note: as an English teacher, you should recognize that BJ did not give a complete sentence. That's correct. <laughs> I, that's, I already have a I have a penalty. Uh, it was an know. interjection. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's right. Because my board game collection is incomplete without it. Oh. <sighs> Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm going to say Kingdom Builder uh, is my touchdown. Um, I think it's going to give you a lot of play. You seem very passionate about it. Uh, it's a big game. Uh, it's you know it's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of play for you, and you seem very excited about it. Um, uh, I also like the look of it. I like the way the grids are and the hexes and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to say Reckoners is the field goal. Um, Ooh, yes, I'll take the field that. goal. Um, I uh, you also had a lot of passion. There's a backstory there. Um, you know, a points deducted for not a complete sentence. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I didn't tell you to write in a complete sentence. I just said, you know. <laughs> um, the, I was taught by Schoolhouse Rock. So. <laughs> and then Americaibo is my turnover. Um, only because, and this is no way you could know this, but games that look like this are very hard for me to get into. <laughs> they give me palpitations <laughs> and anxiety. Um, <laughs> these uh, 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 trading resources yeah, kind yeah. of kind of games are very hard for me it to looks get into. Totally nutty. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks very chunky. It looks uh, uh, fun, but like I said, I like kingdom builders and city builders and King Domino's uh, city or kingdom uh, kingdom builder looks like a much thinkier, crazier King Domino. Am I the only one that played kingdom builder out of the four of us? I've, I've played it on the app and okay. I, I enjoyed a lot, but I don't own a hard copy. I actually owned a copy right when it came out because I like Donald Baccarino's games and I brought it to my scout troop meetings and our, our little game night meetings. They played it all the time. They yeah. absolutely adored it. I think it's sort of that the the combos that you get with laying out the tiles appeal to the ones that play trading card games and things like that. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of like a trading card game in a tile version. So Kingdom Builder, good choice, Charles. It's, yeah. it's a great game. Now this is going to be controversial. If we, this is going to be like one of those times where you go back and and they show on YouTube where like the ref made the wrong call because if I had known you already had the app, I wouldn't say that you need the physical what? version. No, no, you, you need the physical version. You need the physical version. I still need it. It's okay. I already the next play already happened. You're I fine. I have an app collection. I have a board game collection. <laughs> yes. That's true. Okay. All right, just, so Steve, just to check in here. when all three of them have to do a song and dance, right? Like an improv. Yeah. Or are we going to skip that tonight? Okay. I think I think maybe we'll skip that. We're hearing from some people that they're getting pushed back to the beginning of the live, um, the previous live show. So some folks might take a long time to catch up. Yeah, they just some people are saying that they're seeing. 
They just need uh, to scroll on the page and then they'll see the okay. next live feed. I so got to give BJ a little bit of credit because for the first time he's now in the lead, but I also love the Schoolhouse Rock reference because Interjection <laughs> was one of my favorites. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, well done. All right, so give us well, the third quarter, Steve. All right, well, here we are at halftime. Um, so right now we're looking at BJ with 10, Charles with seven, and Jimmy with three. So it's still anybody's Woo! ball game here. So you've done I Stand Alone, you've done I Need to Own, now it's time to play on the phone. The board game app or online play game that you love the most. And in, to do this one here, I think we're up to now doing Jimmy, Char I'm sorry, Jimmy, BJ, Charles in this order. <clears throat> so Jimmy, okay. take it off. Um, my favorite app, board game app, is Terraforming Mars. Uh, I love the multiplayer of it. It's very easy. Uh, it kind of does all the administration for you. So you could get through a game with your friends pretty quickly. Uh, I also like the solo mode, which I never played on the physical one. So I bust through the solo mode like pretty quickly too. And playing it actually uh, helped me get better. Um, and it changed my strategies once I started playing with my friends. Mm. So I think Charles used to win in Terraforming Mars all the time, but I think I started getting uh, pretty good and more competitive with him. Okay. Yeah. Good start. Terraforming Mars for Jimmy. BJ. Charles, you want to go? Well, no, that would be out of order. That would be, <laughs> that would be a rule violation. Uh, just add to his collection of rule violations. Yeah, yeah. So just because you didn't tell me the rules doesn't mean I don't know them. Right? <laughs> <laughs> for comedic effect. All right, so mine is uh, mine is the Ohm Castles of Downforce. Have you played that one yet, uh, Eric? I have not. Castle okay, so in reality, <laughs> it's, not. it's not a real game. In reality, it's Castles of Burgundy, but it's all of those those Yukata games and it's represented by uh, our, our Yukata and, and board game arena. But really my choice is Castles of Burgundy. I wasn't that big of a fan of Castles of Burgundy, the regular game. I always liked uh, Aquasphere better, but I'm addicted to playing it on Yukata. We, Steve and I have probably played it 30 or 40 times together at and with other people at least. Uh, I also play Ohm. I've taught at least six or seven different groups of people. This nice quiet little game that a lot of people don't know from Hutch Ohm. And also Downforce. Downforce is just another game that we get to play a lot on, on the uh, app version with BGA. But really what I'm talking about is Castles of Burgundy. Castles of Burgundy, uh, a fantastic game that is now probably my favorite Stefan, Stefan Feld, even though Aquasphere still has a place in my heart because I just love those little Octomeeples. But Castles of Burgundy, absolutely fantastic uh, version of it on yukata.de if you haven't played it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Charles. All right, well. My my pick is Lords of Waterdeep. All right, so Lords of Waterdeep. I think it is the the ultimate worker placement game. The best example of worker placement game. There's something about it that just clicks. Um, and when I introduce people to worker placement games, that is the game that I pick. I say, bear with me. I know it looks like a lot, but by the end of it, they love it. All right. What is the worst part of that game? It's the setup. It's the cleanup. It's the remembering to give yourself an orange cube, remember to give yourself two points every time <laughs> right. you complete a, complete a warfare quest. The app does it all for you. You know the score is accurate at the end. You know you didn't forget to do something. The, you know, clean victory, clean loss, no arguing. It was one of the first apps, phone apps, that really stretched what a board game app could be. So it is the ultimate in two categories, worker placement and early phone board game apps kind of to stretch the limits, show us what it could be. There would be no Terraforming Mars app 
if there was in Lord <laughs> That's of the Lords. That's true. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It sold a ton in Lord of War, and it has all the little animations at the top, which I yeah. haven't seen before. It's in, like in extra the beautiful when it doesn't really need to do all that stuff. Why are we helping him, Jimmy? We shouldn't be <laughs> Because I'm persuasive and make good points. <laughs> Lord of War would be a really strong third place choice, Eric. Really strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I think. Um, do you need a recap of the seven games BJ said? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's you can't do that. I don't yeah. even know what game he was he was pushing. So, yeah, <laughs> Burgundy. He I had a hard put, time following as well. He that put down nothing. Castles of Burgundy plus Ohm plus Downforce, and in the show notes, I asked him in the in the put in parentheses, "Is that the card game the version?" Card game, yeah. <laughs> the Ohm Castle of Downforce. Illegal no, formation. Castle. Illegal yeah. formation. Illegal um, formation. I'm I'm gonna say. Um, uh, Lords of Waterdeep is my touchdown. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have heard so many people talk about this game um, and, and really love it, but I know that it is one of those games that looks intimidating and it has a whole bunch of stuff going on. And one of the things that I look for in a board game app is, is it does it cut down the setup of the real version or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, so I play a lot of deck builders on my phone uh, because – shuffling every six cards or 10 cards or whatever is a nightmare. And, Oh, I forgot to do damage. Can I go back and give you the damn, you know, all that stuff. So um, you really sold it well as a game that you can get into and play without all the setup. It keeps you on track and it makes it uh, easy. And it's a game that I've heard a lot of people talk about. So yes, I, I will be looking into that app. Okay. Um, next, my Field goal is going to be Terraforming Mars um, for similar reasons. Uh, I think uh, it's a it's a big, large game, a lot of little pieces. Um, so if you can carry that around in your pocket, that is a, a great time. What a great time to be alive when you can just carry <laughs> Terraforming Mars with you. I like using um, digital board games to teach you how to play the physical one better when you get a chance to do that. Um, and it is... Um, uh, it kind of lowers that barrier of uh, learning. Uh, it's, it makes it easier to learn if you can play it quickly and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the turnover just on penalties alone uh, has got to go BJ this time. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know what game he was pitching. The, the mad castles of downforce um, or whatever it was. Um, (laughs) um, I think he was talking about castles of Burgundy. um, And uh, I just got uh, between two castles actually. um, uh, And so that's just, that's my only castle game that's in my brain right now, but um, I'll take the zero. Yeah. I I, I threw an interception on that one. Yeah, you did. It's okay. All right. So home stretch. We're in the fourth quarter now. Score your points and and uh, do your best. It's tightened up. You've done so far. You've done. Um, I stand alone. I need to own. I play on the phone. And now we're up to. If only I'd known. This is a game that you avoided or never got interested in, but then tried and it changed your mind. And I think we're back to doing the original order here. Bj. Charles. All right. I'm up. All right, so mine is a Reiner Knizia game. Imagine modern art with tiles. It's called Arango. Not a lot of people know this. <laughs> no, oh, that sounds really <laughs> good. Touchdown. <laughs> I'm out of here. Mine is, mine is called Potion Explosion. We talked about it earlier tonight. It's a, a, it's a come on game, but it's really a game from Horrible Games designed by the same people that did, uh, the same designer did um, Steam Park. It's a wind-up 
engine building game. And that's what I like about it. So many other games like Terraforming Mars, like Wingspan, are all about building up this long engine, you know, Imperial Settlers, and then you rev that engine up at the very end of the game. This one, Potion Explosion, it winds up over and over and over again. I've been able to teach it to, teach it to just about anybody. And let's face it, the dispenser alone with all those marbles coming down, it just looks cool on the table. So I wish I'd never avoided it. I don't know why I didn't play it until last year. It's just, it just it looked like those games that you play on your phone, and I never, I'm just not interested in those kind of games. And then I played it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is right in my alley. Got it for my wife for her, uh, for her birthday last week. I've, I had played it, you know, in the last six months, but uh, got it from my wife last week, and we played it all weekend. So, Potion Explosion, if only I had known how much fun that game would have been, I'd have got it a long time ago. Okay. Off to Charles. All right. Well, my game is San Juan. Uh, so, it's kind of like Puerto Rico. And, you know, sometimes you might look at Puerto Rico and say, man, there's a lot going on here. This is too intense. San Juan is the lighter card game version of that. It's just cards. It's just cards. So that's one of the reasons it's good. It is lighter. The reason I avoided it is because I did like Puerto Rico a lot. And a friend of mine said, every time I play San Juan, I think, uh, why am I not playing Puerto Rico? You know? Mm -hmm. And so I avoided it for that. I said, oh, well, I'll just play, I'll just play Puerto Rico. Very recently, I've gotten into playing San Juan, and I love it. It is, it is similar but different. It is lighter. It is not as intimidating if you're that kind of person that is like this. There's just too much going on here with Puerto Rico. I think you might be. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, this is a better choice for if only I'd known because San Juan came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. I haven't been playing this for 16 years. Potion okay. Explosion came out five years ago. <laughs> you know, he's only been not playing it for five years. Yeah, <laughs> more years on me, that's for sure. I'm just saying, you know, but one, really fun, really fast, really, really simple game adjacent to Puerto Rico. Okay, and Jimmy, uh, my game is uh, Junk Art. Uh, I don't play a lot of dexterity games, and uh, I, I play heavier stuff, uh, like all the games I've been recommending. But uh, I've recently played a ton of like word oriented party games and i wanted to find something different uh for my group and so i actually picked up junk art right before the quarantine and i played it with a friend and it was so fun it's just like you know you're drawing cards and there's different games you utilize all the sticks and the and the pieces so well i thought it was great uh and i actually gave it to charles recently so he could play with his girlfriend but i thought it was such a delight and i'm excited to like play it with a group of people uh because playing it with just two was so much fun Mm. That's playing to the to the to the oh, guest man. over here, there, Steve. That's right up there. That's no, no. no, no, no. Don't want to hear it from you, BJ. You, you just <laughs> I would never do I that. Know. You spent like everybody, please. literally like the past month looking up all of my social media and like <laughs> listening to interviews with me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I have to. I have to apologize to you, Eric. Every time somebody said one of those games, it looked like you were physically in pain at having to make a choice <laughs> among these. One card looked like. Pretty painful for you. All it's right, very Eric. hard. This is it. All right. It can only be one that scores a touchdown. And, and for all the marbles, but not the potion explosion marble. All right. Here's what I need. <laughs> this is gonna. This is. It, um. Why? Why did you? Because I missed this part. Why did you avoid junk art? Mm. Uh, I actually don't think the box art is that exciting to me. 
Okay. You know, and I think because it's like abstracty and it's like stacking. Like when you when you talk about games, you're like, oh, you're stacking stuff. That doesn't immediately excite me. That's fair. So I just avoided it for so long, and then I just took a chance on it because I think a new edition came out with like wooden pieces, and that mattered a lot to me instead of the plastic ones. So I just kind of got it on a whim, and then when I pulled it apart, I just thought it was so delightful. Mm -hmm. He is struggling with this. Oh, man. <laughs> what is my, what's my criteria here? Which one am I? All right. Let me, I'll just read them back to you what, what it was. This is the, if I'd only known a game you never got interested in, but, or avoided, then tried and it changed your mind. So you can interpret that how you please. I mean, right. have you, have you played any of these games? Because if the answer is no, I would have to say that your criteria is the best argument. I have played <laughs> junk art. Uh, and I love junk art, so but that's not what this category is about. That's right. right. I think I'm going to say, based on the category, I'm gonna say San Juan's gonna get my touchdown. Oh, yeah, because he had the longest time where he didn't play it, he, he had several people telling him not to play it and had very good reasons, and he loved the, the chunkier version, so he went in not wanting to like this game or not, or like you know, had a bit chip on his shoulder about it and now he loves it and he's been playing it a lot so i think his narrative of change he has the biggest character arc <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um oh man i love junk art and potion explosion but that's not what this is about um i'm going to say No pressure, but this is the most important decision you're going to make today. <laughs> oh, we lost the stream? Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, okay, I think I'm going to say uh, the field goal goes to Jimmy uh, for uh, for his um, judging a book by its cover yep. on Junk Art. Um, and uh, also... Um, when you dug a little bit into it, you're like, oh, it's stacking. You did your research. You still didn't like it. So you had to go through several layers and actually play the game, and then you ended up loving it. So I think you're also – you went through this long journey of, eh, 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 and you finally played it, and now you love it. And it's not normally my style of game either. I can tell yeah. based on some of your other submissions. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that you're getting into party games. That's yeah. great. And then um, BJ – Poor PJ. Oh, uh, all right. I can't well, wait I got to say, BJ, he, he took our silly, foolish little game very, very seriously. <laughs> looking, at our, looking at our character arcs and all of this was, was impressive. Well done, Josh. I can't wait to see Lorenzo Silva, and I'm going to tell him that Eric dogged Potion Explosion. <laughs> Don't, you dare. Don't you he dare. gave it a zero. No, I actually, I totally understand. I would have voted for Jimmy and Charles on that one, too. So let's let's be well. clear. He gave you the zero. Yes. <laughs> right. the, the, yes. And, and it just goes to show you that um, you shouldn't get excited over the first quarter scores. The first quarter, <laughs> they had the touchdown. And then from then on, Charles skunked everybody. As yeah. a Georgia fan, yeah. I know this too well. Yeah. yeah exactly. Two, three, and four touchdowns in each of them for a win. 21 points to Charles takes the win. That was a bull yeah. ball. I played great in the first half. Good job, half Charles. Thanks. Good job, Charles. Yes. Well well done. Done. Well so that is the Boudin Bowl. Eric, we, we, we got cut off at the very start, though. You were telling us about uh, your viewing of the Game Master documentary uh, by Charles and uh, Jimmy. Finish up any other thoughts that you wanted, because I know we got interrupted when we started the game. 
Um, yeah, I was just saying I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, if you get a chance to check it out, it's on uh, Amazon Prime and other things. Yes, iTunes. All the streaming sites, Google Play. If All you can stream stuff. it, it's on it. Um, I liked that it um, it covers a a wide range of how, um, as far as the audience and how deep you are in the hobby. Um, so if you know nothing about any of this, it's a cool introduction to like, there's this whole world and people have conventions and there's people who make these games. But if you are deep into the rabbit hole, it's neat to really see like what these people's houses look like and that they're just guys <laughs> and, and people and, and, and women and you get to meet cool people like Nashra and, um, and hear the stories like that. Um, so um, it's one of the cool things about the hobby is like, there's always some other game that you've never heard of. There's always some designer that you're like, I love this person. How, you know, where did they come from? Um, and so I, uh, I really enjoyed that. The, the focus on um, the spiel was really interesting, especially having watched it yesterday. And then we got the news of all the spiel winners and stuff was, uh, was an opportune um, moment. So while that's all fresh, it would be a cool thing to watch and, and see what the, the backstage of that looks like. Um, yeah, but check it out. Great documentary. One of the questions that Jimmy and Charles loves is which one of the four designers was your favorite, you know, which is the one that you were emotionally invested in? We, we uh, have this debate every time well, we talk about this uh, this movie. Everybody has a different one. Sure. I think um, I think Charlie is, I know him the, the most. I know him very, very well. Um, and we've had like one-on-one conversations. So like it was just, neat to see him in a movie like that was cool but i heard most of what he you know is, is saying um so my favorite um was actually nasha um her her parts of the movie were um were very very interesting um as someone who wants to make games that make people think and and uh challenge these social norms about self-expression and, and all that kind of stuff um her her uh, arranged game sounds really, really interesting. Um, and uh, just her story and, and why she designs. And um, she had a very personal story behind her design. I think everybody did actually. Um, if you go back and, if you go back and watch it, all of them talk about the, the kernel that their idea came from, the people that they're designing for. Um, and that's one of the things that I liked about this documentary was that it, it shows like, that as designers we're 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 making these for people you know like in one hand it is a product you know we're trying to make this thing that sells or is is good or whatever but like a lot of times we have a uh, uh an ethos that we're trying to get across or we're trying to teach you something or we're trying to i don't know um just make a game for somebody who might not have a game already. Um, Nashra having something from her culture, um, uh, uh, Jason making a game cheaper so that people, um, you know, from his neighborhood could buy it. Um, uh, Charlie making a game uh, about the national parks. It's not a trivia game. Um, it really spoke to me as somebody who, like I said, makes these art games where if you're bad at art, you can draw. If you're great at art, you can draw. Um, it really spoke to me of, of really thinking about who you're making a game for. So, 
Interesting. Oh, you know, I did check that out, Charles. I looked at some of the reviews because you told you, you and Jimmy told me off screen last week that if I go into the ruse, I'm going to see different people. It's not just Nashra yeah. and not yeah. just Charlie. And I was different people resonate there, there, with different stories. Absolutely. Pe people were saying Jason's story was so compelling. Scott Rogers' story with his daughter was so compelling. So it, it's, it's uh, you know, kudos to you and Jimmy for including all four stories because you're going to hit more of a mark with people. You know what I mean? The different, different people seeing it. I saw it as Charlie and uh, Nashra. You saw it as, as Nashra. You know, lots of people see it different ways. And I, I think that's the beauty of this film You know, mm -hmm. well on there. And you know, I've been spreading the love of it. So, so thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions for, uh, for Eric or for the, the for the game uh, masters, Eric? Anything? Eric, I really want monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it. I heard. I heard the description. I was like, oh, "Jim's going to buy this game." <laughs> I, did, look, I did the research on all the games. I did the research on all the games, and all three games are games I would definitely play. But monstrosity—that pitch wow. of seeing a genius know. game. <laughs> genius game. We're really uh, excited about it. Meets aliens. Could hear Jimmy's head exploding from a distance. I mean, I'm telling you, look, I got to do pictures. I mean, I, I, I work conventions, and you got to get this the patter. You got to get the pitch, uh, and you know, pitching CSI meets aliens. I mean, it just it sells itself. Yeah. You know? yeah. I just Jimmy, love how I'll, it like creates like hilarity while you're doing it, and that's what yeah. I like. I'll make a version for you that has like little cubes, and you can you can trade <laughs> just push them around. And uh, and pretty good. <laughs> look, look, I'm not blowing smoke. Eric is a is is the guy to go to on party games. You can see he's got this whimsical, creative idea, and he's and he's seeing different hour. And that's why I wanted you on the show, Eric, because I just couldn't believe these three things that were coming out. So kudos to, to getting that. Thank Charles you. and Jimmy, I want to thank you guys for playing the Boudin Bowl. That was awesome. I lost as usual. <laughs> I even tried not playing to the uh, to the guests like I did with Carla Cop, where I did I just picked animal games, even if I liked them or not. <laughs> so that you would pick them and I, I gotta prepare better next time. I do. I, I, I'm gonna have to prepare better. I'm the guy on the show, so I'm gonna send you guys back down to the lobby, and then I'm gonna finish up the show with Eric. Is that all right? Sounds yes. good. All right. See y'all. Oh, Eric, that was fun, man. I, yeah. I love the boot ample. That was a blast. I do, <laughs> I do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, that was Game Time presented by Game Toppers LLC. Make your game nights, Eric, a showstopper when you play on a game topper. Ooh. That was the boot ample. Not the winner this time. Charles, the director of uh, Game Master Documentary, just blew us away with three touchdowns in the last three quarters. But it, you made some good choices. I, I actually I actually would have voted for uh, Charles and Jimmy in the third and fourth quarters because I thought they did well. But look. If people out there want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? How can they reach you? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Slauson Designs. That's S-L-A-U-S-O-N. I'm also on Instagram. Um, uh, like I said, I do the hashtag square off thing every day. I'm going through my game collection and, and rating those games. Um, and uh, as we ramp up to Monstrosity, we'll be posting some content, maybe some live plays of that. So, yeah, follow me there. All right, I am BJ from Wargame Gumbo. And until next time, Eric and Steve, laissez les bon temps rouler. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by BJ Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Howdy, y'all. This is Chuck from Cardboard Critters, the only podcast that focuses on reviews and Kickstarter previews of games with meeples shaped like animals. Each week, 
We interview designers who like meeples shaped like animals and publishers who publish games with meeples shaped like animals. We might even give away a meeple shaped like an animal during the show. So listen up. Next week, it's time for our second annual Gen Con Animal Shaped Meeple Mania episode. We'll be live from Western Sizzler, running down our top 22 games coming out of Gen Con with meeples shaped like animals in them. So if you like your meeples shaped like animals, why don't you join us around the campfire and listen to another episode of Cardboard Critters. Yeah.